Well, I, I asked Brinley to bring this. What, what would you call this? What? Bearded dragon. Bearded dragon. <laughs> so I could hold him for a minute. Even though he looks, man, he looks just plumb wicked, doesn't he? Yep. And you ought, to, you ought to feel him. He look, he feels wicked. He's real rough, and but he, we we can kind of we can kind of look at the devil like this. Look at him. But you know, this is how the devil acts when he sees you. This this guy hasn't moved on me since since she put since she put him on my shoulder. This is how really this is how the devil acts when he sees us because. Man, he don't have any power over us. And really, you'd look at him, you'd think, man, he could bite your head off. He is just real, just real solemn and real. Anybody want to hold him? Come on. He just real solemn. I'll let you give him back to Brindley. Do I just pick him up? Just hold him right there. I'll let you take him off stage. You can kind of walk around with him. <laughs> what is that? Germax. Is he germy too? Oh, well, take a look at him. Anybody want to touch him? Let somebody touch him. If Amy, I know you want to touch him. Bring him back up here to Amy so Amy can. Here, somebody. Yeah. You want to touch him? Yeah. First time we've ever had show and tell in this church. She wants to touch him right over here. Anybody want to touch him over here on this side? Or are you guys still freaking out about him? Just looking at him like... He won't hurt you. He's not going to hurt you. You guys remember who you are in Christ because when the devil comes up to you and he kind of scares you by his looks or some things that he's done, man, he ain't got nothing. He don't have anything on you just like the bearded dragon. Just like the bearded... I think, I think that uh, Darla wants to touch him too. I can yeah. tell by the way she looks. She's looking at him. That ain't going to happen. Wow. We've been talking about the blood of Jesus because the blood of Jesus is so important in every born-again believer's walk. If we don't, yeah, you can give her back. You can give him back to Burnley. I think Burnley will take him. Isn't that awesome? Now, if anybody else has anything like this, be sure and bring it to me. We'll just keep having show and tell. Isn't that awesome? What? Don't bring cats up here. <laughs> Unless it's a special cat. Bobcat. <laughs> no, don't bring a bobcat. <laughs> the blood of Jesus is so misunderstood these days because when you mention blood, it's so, it's so, what would you call it? It's just, nobody wants to hear about it anymore. But the blood of Jesus that ran down his side, that, that, that ran from his hands and his feet is so important, folks, because the blood of Jesus, there was no other blood like the blood that ran down that cross. We talked about that last week. If you weren't here, if you weren't here last week, we talked about that the blood of Christ is different than any other blood that was, has ever been. Because even though he had a, a earthly mother who was his father? His father was the Holy Spirit. And so the blood makeup of Christ is like no other makeup of blood ever that has ever been and that ever will be. And the thing about it is, is that blood was shed for you and for me. That one-of-a-kind blood was shed for you and for me. And we receive that 
and we receive Christ as our Savior, and that blood cleanses us from all sin. That blood is so powerful that it will cleanse us from sin that, you've, that you committed years ago, sin that you might have committed today, and sin that you will commit in the future. There is nothing that can overpower the blood of Christ. Nothing. There is nothing that can dirty that blood. That blood is completely clean. There is no disease. There is no any kind of sickness. There is no fear. There is nothing in that blood. That blood has been cleansed. And if you're born again because you've been engrafted into the family, that blood runs through your veins. His blood, when we sing that, his blood runs through my veins. So there is something that we need to understand as born-again believers is there's nothing that can overcome the blood of Jesus. There's nothing. There is no fear. There is, there is no sickness. There is no disease. There is no anxiety. There is no, whatever we're dealing with in here, there is nothing that can overcome the blood of Christ. And we're going to go, to go through two or three scriptures because really just me sitting up here and telling you these things without showing you really what your privileges are as a born-again believer, you may never know and never understand who you already are. So many born-again believers are taught today that as long as you work and work and get to that point and go to church enough and give enough and, and just do, do, do all these things, that eventually God will love you enough to privilege you. That has nothing to do with the born-again believer's life. Because of who you are right now, you don't have to do a thing for God to love you, but even more, the more you understand who you are and the privileges you have because of who you are in Christ, the more you will live in those privileges. Now, can a born-again believer be born again, going to heaven, have Christ as their Savior, and still not live in the privileges that they have while they're here on earth? Yes. And it's simply because we are not taught the privileges. We don't understand who we are. We go through life, just a lot of born-again believers just go through life thinking that, that the privileges are not for them because they have just not been good enough. And I'm going to tell you right now, because of who you are in Christ, it's not because of what you have done. It's because who you have received in your heart, you are good enough right where you sit right now. You don't have to wait for God to do something for you because God has already done everything for you on the cross. When Jesus was on the cross and the blood was shed for you, that blood covered all sin, past, present, and future. So if you think that God is looking at you right now because of something that you have done wrong and he looks at you and says, mm, you're still not good enough. You're still having problems there. You're still, I just don't know what to do with you. Do you think God's up there just saying, I don't know what to do with you. I just don't understand why you are the way you are. No. He looks at you right now and he cannot see your faults. 
He knows that you're human and you go through issues. That's, that's really what we, what we do as human beings. We just, we're just imperfection in our, humans, in our human side. But because you are, your spirit is wall-to-wall Holy Ghost, that's what he sees is your spirit. So when he looks at you, he sees perfection. Oh, guys, if you, would just, if you would just get that in your heart today, when he sees you, when the Lord sees you, he sees perfection because, not because of you, but because who you have received. That's the importance of being born again while here on earth. The importance of being born again as you leave this earth is you receive heaven. Right? But right now, you live as a perfect being because you have the Spirit of God in you. I can just tell right now, and I can really sense in my heart that it's so hard for some of you to understand that. It's so hard for you to understand that. And the Lord wants you to understand, but you can only understand through His Word. So let's go through. We only got through two or three verses last week. We're going to try and get through two or three more. I've given Darda four or five, and we probably won't get through all of them. But we're going to try, and we're going to back up a little bit. Let me read one paragraph to you. It seems like today we are more concerned about an external life, what we see on the outside, than the life, than the internal change of life. If we do not understand that we are covenant people, then we will not live in the promises of the covenant we have. So let's talk about our rights as covenant people. I am a covenant, I am a covenant son of God. And if you're born again in this room, you are a covenant son or daughter. Doesn't matter your background. Doesn't matter, doesn't matter if you still cuss a little bit. Doesn't matter if you still make mistakes every day. You're still a covenant son or daughter of God. Now, you're saying, Mark, so that means that I can just be the way I am. God expects you to get better as you go along. If you've been in church for 50 years and you haven't gotten better, something's wrong. If you've been, if you've been in church for 10 years under me and you haven't gotten better, I'm going to come down there and slap you. Because we should be better, we should be closer to the Lord as time goes on when this truth is spoken, is given to us. Amen? Are you ready to go to a, to a few verses? Okay, let's go. Give me one, Darla. He personally, talking about Jesus here, he personally carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin. Everybody say, I'm dead to sin. All right, you ought to be able to lift your hands up and say, I'm dead to sin. Man, I'm I'm dead to sin. Sin is no longer a part of me. Yeah, Mark, but what if I sin? Because you will. As a human being, you will sin. There is not one person in here that's not sinned probably this week. And this is the first day of the week. (laughs) But let me tell you, because of who you are, what you did, what you said has already been forgiven. Woo-wee! You ought to be able to jump for joy. Everybody ought to be able to jump for joy in here because you have already been forgiven. Even when you said that, Mark, I'm really tired of him. He talks too long. That was a sin. (laughs) Somebody told me, you went, Gina told me. 
Last week, you went a long time last week. I said, no, that was Cade. He kept jumping up here saying stuff. Had to put it off on Cade, so that was a sin on my part. Okay. He personally carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right by his wounds. That can't be the end of it. You are healed. It doesn't say by his wounds you will be, right? By his wounds you are healed. That means you're, you're sitting there right now. I don't feel healed. It doesn't matter. You are already healed. Do not define who you are by your sickness. There's some people that just need to shut up. Oh, you don't know how I feel. Oh, I've been feeling this. I've had this for 10 years now. It's just who I am. My mom, she had heart problems, and so she just laid it off on me. Shut up. Shut up. If God could tell you right out loud, he'd tell you to shut up. Oh, you don't know. I've just, this just the way I am because I don't know. That's how God made me. What kind of lie are you living in? You are a covenant person. When God looks at you, that's who he sees. It's a covenant son and daughter of God. He is very own. So it doesn't matter what your parents did. It doesn't matter the sickness in your family. The only way that you're going to live in the sickness of your mama, of your daddy, of your aunt, of your grand, is because you want to. Don't look at me like you're tired of me already. I'm not done. <laughs> you, well, there are some people that would rather be sick because they get attention being sick. There are some people that would rather waller in their pity because they like it. There's more ways today to tell people about how bad you feel. You can just get on social media and tell everybody. And the thing about it is, is that you'll, you'll, you will attract the people that feel the same way you do. It's time to stop. Because that's not who we are. We're living a lie whenever we feel sorry for ourselves. Do you realize it's so easy, the things that Sandy has gone through, the things that Beth, the things that the family has gone through, the things that other families have gone through in this church, it's easy to feel sorry for them. But I'm telling you right now, Stan is not feeling sorry for any of you. And he is not feeling sorry for Sandy this morning. He is, in he is in complete joy. He is walking in the presence of God. He is better off than you are. So we ought to really think about that for a minute. All those who have gone on before us are better off than we are. They weren't only covenant people, man. They are living the covenant right now. They have succeeded to the point to where they are in, they are in that ever. Do you realize that Stan is in everlasting life? He is who he is. My mom is who she is right now. 
Whoa, man, when you start thinking about that, I'm, boy, when I start thinking about that, I'm ready to go. You know, really, I'm ready to go. I'm not afraid to die. When the Lord's done with me, I'll go. It could be 50 years. It could be 10. It, I, just whatever it is. But I know where I'm going. Man, I, without a doubt. If any of you ever get to my funeral, you can just, you can just, you can just decide right then. I already know where he is. Because I do. I know where I'm going. Do you know where you're going? All right, let's get another one in. Let's see if we can do another one. Am I running late? It doesn't matter. Okay. So we, everybody say we. We are Christ's ambassadors. We talked about this last week. You're an ambassador. Tina and I are leaving in a month, and we're going to be ambassadors to the Philippines for almost a month. Everywhere you go, at your job, you are an ambassador, Right? We don't have to spend a whole lot of time on this because we talked about it last week. God is making his appeal through us, through me and you. To whoever you, wherever you go, you're a witness. I went and looked at this guy's house yesterday for a job that, that he's thinking about uh, hiring me for, and he was a plumber. And already in my mind, every time I'm thinking a plumber, I'm thinking a big mess. Because plumbers are generally a mess. Just like air conditioning guys. I was one for 30 years. We just kind of throw everything around. I drove up to this guy's house. He's Hispanic. And I drove up to this guy's house, and it was a brand new, beautiful house out in Pryor. And I drove up, and I said, no, I'm at the wrong house. Already already had this in my mind, folks. Oh, I got to be at the wrong house. Everything was pristine. The house was so nice. The yard was so beautiful. It was so kept up. I'm going, this cannot be a plumber. He had all his vans parked in a row, straight. And at the end of that row was the Church of Assembly of God, Iglesia, something, something. I went, what's up with this? And he drives up in this, in this brand spanking new something, big SUV. I'm going, it's just not right. It's just not, no, I wasn't really thinking that, but I'm going, boy, what, what is going on? He gets out, he's this Hispanic guy about this wide about my same height, just got back from the gym. And I said, man, what's going on with you anyway? He goes, well, I'm the pastor up here at the Assembly of God Church. And I'm a plumber too. And I said, you are the cleanest plumber I've ever seen in my life. I mean it. I mean, the cleanest plumber I've ever seen. I said, you really take care of your stuff? He goes, no, I'm taking care of God's stuff. Slap me in the face. I said, well, you know, I've been a pastor for 10 years. I just handed it over to my son. He goes, really? I said, yeah. So we got to, man, we got to talk. We got to preach to each other out in the yard. And I gave him goosebumps, he said. And I said, yeah. I was preaching to him. And he goes, man, he was preaching on the cross last Sunday. I was preaching on the blood. I said, boy, we know what's going on here, don't we? And it was just so wonderful to see somebody actually tell somebody they've never met. Even before he knew I'd even gone to church. He said, no, I take care of God's stuff. Because God gives me everything. I, I, am, just, I am just here on earth taking care of his stuff. Do you realize that everything you have, you're only a steward of that. Everything you have, whatever you drive, wherever you live, you're a steward of that. But see, you're a covenant person. You're a covenant man and woman of God. And therefore, he gives you those things because he knows that you have within you to take care of everything he gives you, including your children.
Amen? Can we go on? Can we get one more verse? Are we not done yet? For God made Christ who never sinned. He lived in the old covenant. Do you realize he, he lived under the old covenant? You would think that somebody who brought the new covenant to us who lived in the old covenant would just, I ain't doing that. No, I'm not. I am not doing that. He never sinned. He followed the, he followed the old covenant to the T. Do you realize that? Followed it. And he brought, he fulfilled that old covenant to where we wouldn't have to mess with that junk. He fulfilled that and brought the new covenant to you. Therefore, the new covenant of love belongs to you. Thank the Lord we don't have to do all those animal sacrifices and, and all that. How, how, how many of you are glad you don't have to do that? The stuff that, they, you know, they cut them in half and they had to walk through the middle and they had to do all those things and they, had to, well, they just had to go on and on and on. They had to do all this stuff. We're, we're of course, not going to go through that t- today. But the stuff they had to go through, Jesus fulfilled all that. And therefore, we live in that covenant right now. So for God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sins so that we could be made right with God through Christ. This is your privilege. He was the last and final sacrifice. There does not have to be another sacrifice. I know we talk about, I had to sacrifice this because of who I am in Christ. Hush. You're not really having to sacrifice anything. Every once in a while, I complain. People treat me bad. You hear me say it every once in a while. I've had people say stuff about me because I'm just a preacher. And they just, they just like to say stuff bad about... They will, they will just run us through the mill sometimes. I have not gone through anything that I, that I cannot overcome. But you look at some of these, the New Testament people that when the church first started, the stuff that they go, that they went through, guys, do you realize that there was a time in the church to where if you were a Christian, they were going to kill you? I'm, I venture to say that some of you sitting in this room right now, if you got to that point that if you were asked if you were a Christian or they're going to kill you and your family, what were you say, What would you say? No, I've never even, I've never even been to church. Because when fear gets right in your face, what will you say? Because if your faith is not strong enough, you'll deny who you are. There were times at the very first of the church, there was, how many of you remember Nero? go, Go study him. He made a slide that was just a big razor. It was a razor all the way down that slide. Now, some of you are going to freak out about this. Anybody heard this before? He made a big slide and he would take you up to the top. His soldiers would take you up to the top and and you would denounce Christ or you were going to go down that slide. Many people died going down that. Another thing was, was they liked to light up the courtyard with Christians. They would impale you with a post and stick it in the ground and set you on fire to light up the courtyard. Now, you should be saying right now, thank God I live in America. And even though my president is a little weird, he at least says, this is who we are. 
We are a country under God. Amen? All right. One more. One more, darling. Give me one more. We're not going to get through them all. Don't be afraid. Everybody say, I ain't afraid. I mean, we just don't be afraid. Because the blood of Christ runs through you and there is no fear. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. All right, we're going to have to say that because you guys are looking at me like, I am no longer afraid of fear. Now, put your hands up in there like this. I am a child of God. Now, if you truly believe that, fear does not belong to you. Fear is not even a part of you in any way possible. Somebody did put on their Facebook this week. It was, I think it was candy. It was the most awesome thing. It touched me so much. It said, if you're worrying, you're saying that God's not really, doesn't really know what he's doing. If you, was that you, Candy? If you are worrying right now, you really don't believe that God knows what he's doing. Man, that just, I went, how true is that? We don't have time to worry. We don't, worry is not in our blood. Fear is not in our blood. Sickness is not in our blood. Disease is not in our blood. Anxiety is not in our blood. Because I am a child of God. Don't be discouraged. For I am your God. Don't be discouraged. Discouragement is not in your blood. Yeah, but you don't know what I'm going through. Discouragement is not in your blood. That, that clean blood that's running through you right now, it's not in your blood. You can't put it there. If you are discouraged right now, it's the devil sitting down up here on her, on her little cute little round stomach. The devil is trying. He's, he's, he's got you, he's got, you've got him right in, his, in your face. I ought to just take that dragon and just stick it up somebody's face right now who's really scared of that thing. Because the devil just, he's right in your face. There he is right there. Look at him right now. You see, the devil is right in your face. And he's telling you, he's making you, he's, he just wants you to be discouraged. He wants you to live in fear. He, wants, he just wants you to fail. He wants you to fail. And he's going to put whatever he can in the front of you to make sure that you fail. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, you may feel like you can fail, but you cannot fail. When the blood of Jesus runs through your veins, you cannot fail. You may never have any money in the bank. You may never have a nice car. You may never have a nice house. That has nothing to do with who you are. Nothing. Nothing, no nothing, no nothing, nothing. It doesn't matter how you look. It doesn't matter how skinny and how fat you are, though you are to take care of yourself, right? You're still a child of God. Still. Just how you are. Oh, man, just, okay, look at the person beside you. Go ahead. Look at the person beside you. Say, hey, you're a child of God. And you're still kind of ugly. <laughs> I ain't going there. It don't matter what you look like. Yeah, you need to hug Chuck twice. 
It don't matter what you look like, Chuck. It don't matter how tall we are. Amen? How short we are. This is who we are. I can't change it because I've already got the blood running through me. You can't stick an IV in me and take that blood out. I don't care how good you are. That blood runs through me for the rest of my life and for the rest of eternity. So no matter how I look, no matter how I live, no matter how many mistakes I make, I'm still covered by the blood of Jesus. And you are too. That's enough to just make you in the inside of you just want to just want to bubble up in the side of it, just from the inside out and say, "Man, this is who I am." So everything that comes in front of me, it ain't big enough. It ain't big enough. Did I finish that verse? Did I? I didn't. He says, "I will strengthen." You. Oh, we got to finish that. I will strengthen you. How many of you need to be strengthened in here right now? Come on. Come on, put your hands up in the air. Come on. The Lord says he will strengthen you. We just read that. Read that for yourself. Say it out loud. Come on, say it out loud. He will strengthen you for whatever you're going through right now. God has given you the strength by the blood of Jesus that you will come through whatever you're going through right now. Anybody that's going through something right now, just decide right now, God has strengthened me to get me through what I'm going through right now. There is nothing too big. Nothing too big. He said, I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. Who needs to be held up this morning? Who's tired of living in sickness? If you like sickness, then you're going to hold on. I'm going to tell you the truth this morning. If you like to be sick, you might as well keep it because you will. You will. You'll hold on to it. If you like to be sad and pitiful, you're going to hold on to it. If you like that discouragement, you like that attention that people give you because you're so dang pitiful, you're going to hold on to it. But I'm telling you right now, you don't have to. I don't have to. It's not who we are. So I think that it's time to let him hold us up.